Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 91. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week we're talking about appointment books and turning the unmanageable into more than manageable. We're talking about clients flying across borders to get the legendary 90-minute facials that our guest on the show today offers. Curious? So are we. So stay tuned. And as always, we'll top off the show with our latest announcements and upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. So last week, we actually had, <laughs> we had a bit of a change in the schedule and we're finally back to normal. Or sorry, it was last week. It was two weeks ago when we did a bit of a, a live one at a protest demo in Ireland. So it's good to be back to reality now, back in a nice warm studio and no wind, no loud buses or anything in the background. As you said, we're talking about filling up your appointment book. Yeah, and we're not talking about filling an appointment book like a week in advance or even, you know, a month in advance. We're talking a year. And when I was first chatting to Susan Routledge, who introduced me to uh, our guest today, I was like, how do you get to that point of booking in appointments for a year's time, you know? So without further ado, we'd like to welcome Kat Phillips, salon owner of Grafen Skin and Beauty in Oakbrook Terrace, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Kat. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm delighted. Like last time we spoke on the phone, we ended up having, what, an, an hour conversation or something like that? It was really fun. We did get a little chatty. That's okay, though. <laughs> worth it. Please be chatty on the show. <laughs> we'll include you. We'll make sure we include you, Killian. Don't worry. So before we even get to start discussing diaries and appointments, I suppose, when we were last chatting, yourself and I kind of realized that we were quite similar in certain ways where we kind of packed our bags and headed off to new adventures. And you ended up doing a 10-year stay working in Hollywood. I think it'd be a great introduction to the show. Do you want to share a bit of a background, how that happened, how you got into the industry, kick it off from there, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. So it was kind of a weird start for me. I um, I was going to school for philosophy, finished with my all my schooling, and I just really remember hearing a newscast or an announcement that I was going to be one of the first ever uh, generations that was never going to be able to do as well as our parents. And you know, here I had this new piece of paper that said that I had gone on, done all my studies, and I had done really well. But there was no, there were really no jobs available. So I, I imbibed a little bit too much, and um, so got really drunk one night right after graduating. And I got the idea to write down everything I'd ever gotten paid for in my life. One of which were doing makeup in a couple of school plays for my college, and um, then it ended up with me throwing a dart at the map of the United States, which landed on Southern California. And the next day I took all of my stuff, put it in the car and drove across the country. So I moved out, out there with out a friend in the world. I had my cat and I didn't, I had no idea what I was going to do. So all of the things that I'd written on that list, I started making resumes for and sending out. And the first thing that I ever bit was for a little film called game day and um, it was actually a student film that was being done. So I jumped on that. And from that, I met a, a really nice guy who turned out to be a producer for the TV show Friends. And so I didn't had no idea who he was when I met him. But after I'd finished that film, he started hiring me for all sorts of stuff. And it started a 10-year career. 
So, so I did that for a while. Then I met my husband and um, six weeks after I met him, I told the studio I was working for that I didn't need him anymore. I was in love and drove back across the country to reinvent myself again. So it's kind of a theme in my life. I've done it three times now. So um, hopefully I won't have to do it again. I think that I've found the right bed if I'm uh, Goldilocks and the three bears. I'm just laughing. You've managed to do this three times. If that was me now on a night out, I'd just wake up with nothing but like sympathy for myself and curl up into a ball and repeat the whole thing over again. At least you actually managed to get something out of it. Yeah, my husband doesn't let me drink much just <laughs> just because it does with a country invention. Hides a drink, hides the darts and no maps allowed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I suppose, like Zoe was saying, it's all about kind of how you fill your appointment book. And with that, anyone listening to the show is probably thinking, oh, yeah, well, you probably rely heavily on marketing and really a lot of emphasis on salon branding and getting your salon out there. But that's not necessarily the case for you, because Zoe was saying that you actually don't do a whole lot of marketing in general. I don't. I mean, I, um, I think my total budget for marketing for the year is less than $600. And most of that's just in printing for things that go into baskets that I give away at uh, charity events. So I don't do a lot, but most of it is because I am so booked now that when I do market, I end up, I end up having to say no to more new people than I do, than I am able to say yes. I even had a couple of instances where people would try to get in on my books. And so the way that they would do it is they would buy themselves gift cards. And so I have to refund their gift cards because I can't get them in. And um, so it's been really, it's been really interesting. And it's, it's only been, it's been about a year that it's been like this. And we started doing the year long booking and it has just been amazing for me. And it's actually been amazing for a couple of my other girlfriends that own their own salons, because if I can't take them, I do push them over to other salons and other technicians that I really believe in. So at the start, how did you get so in demand, I suppose, like now you have that full year, people know that they have to book in a year in advance or they can't get in. But before that, you were also very much in demand. So where did that come from? I ended up with, I mean, absolute first world rich people problems. And I had, I had so much demand on my books. I was booking, you know, one, two appointments out tops, but I was really at the risk of losing my best clients because they would call and I tell them I couldn't get them in for three, four months because we just didn't have, I was booked so far in advance and it just, it was really a huge problem. And so I had, I was listening to, to a new podcast. It was uh, from Adam Chatterley. He's got the BD business hackers and I and I really loved it. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, I just think it's awesome to hear a dude that's talking about, you know, beauty. Thank you so much for doing it. And he reached back out to me and he goes, well, if there's anything I can do to help you with, you know, let me know. And I told him, I don't really know that anybody can help me with it. And that was, and I explained the problem that I had so many people demanding my books that I was actually starting to lose clients. And, um, and he was really funny. He said, you know, you're right. I have no idea how to handle that either. <laughs> but, but, maybe, but maybe my friend Susan does. And and he introduced me to Susan Rutledge. And in the first phone call that we had, she's just, why don't you just book him out for a year? And it was the most bizarre thing I had ever heard in my life. And she didn't know, she had not done it. So she didn't really know how to 
do it, which I found out later. But um, so it was like almost like I was like this experiment, but reaching out for help and and kind of saying, God, you know, I just I just can't handle this on my own. And even having something great from like a place of abundance, but really needing help realizing that and kind of send me that life preserver. And I got off the phone and instantly I started talking to all my VIPs and saying, hey, do you want to book in? Let's book in for a year so you never have to worry about this again. They were so thrilled. It was, <laughs> I was so afraid to ask my clients of something because they're always asking me for stuff. But this is the first time I ever took really strong hold of my of my business and started asking my clients for stuff. And it ended up being such an amazing thing. I only had I only had one person say that they didn't want to do it. And they they ended up coming back around and they're the now they're booked for a year. And about six months into having my year-long booking, I they started asking me, can I book for 2019? And so now I'm even 60% booked for January of 2020. I just checked this morning. So it's been a wonderful thing. It's got some ups and downs um, and it's been a lot of figuring it out, but um, I highly recommend it for anybody that, that can do it. And I've really worked out how you can book this way, even if you start from a brand new business. Quick question before we get into that, because I definitely want to hear more about that, but what would be your, your ratio between new clients and return clients in your business at the moment? I'm 97% return clients. Wow. Yeah. No, so, no, you're not. Yeah. And I'm not, well, I'm 97% now. Before I started doing this, I was at 92% return. And um, as of last month, because I keep counts on how many people that I refer out to salons that I sort of partner with. And I, the last month I referred out 37 clients. Jesus. So do you know on average how many times each of those clients would be booking back in with you over the span of 12 months? It depends on what their appointments are for. Um, most of my, my client base is based on that they come in four times a year. If we are working on something really big, they'll come in six weeks, I do have some people with acne that come on as frequently as every four weeks, um, waxing as every four weeks. And so we just really kind of set them out. And I've had, you know, I've had my business for five years, so I can kind of see where people, where their comfort zone is. Some people want to go to eight every eight weeks, but they've been coming every six. So we'll book them every seven. And it's just worked out great. Yeah, because I just had a uh, like, if you look at the reviews on your website, there's actually the very first testimonial I see was a client and her daughter had actually moved out of state and still managed to work with you remote. Yeah. So, so like, you're not just rebooking them in for their next one or two appointments. Mm-hmm. You know that you're pretty much getting a booked in every month or every two months. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like I said, is it, I think probably the average is about every 10 weeks. But I, I now, uh, the ones that tend to be trickier are the ones that are out of town or out of country. I do have a gal who uh, lives in Europe and I just drop everything <laughs> whenever she comes in and we just, we, you know, we just figure it out. We've, we've done, we've done pajama party uh, facials for her. So, so there's always people. So I suppose it's fair to say that attracting new clients was never really an issue for you or is that something that you still kind of had to build up yourself over the years? 
Um, I really had to build because when I left my old salon, um, we left on really good terms and I originally had a do not compete and I didn't want to break that. So I actually didn't reach out to any of my clients. Um, but what I did do in hopes that somebody would find me is that I knew, I knew the general area that people were living in. And so I sent, I put a flyer in every single, uh, mailbox for entire zip codes to be able with a photo of myself on it with my new location, hoping that somebody would recognize me. And I got very lucky and someone did. And I became the talk of the small town that they all lived in during all the summer parties and stuff. And so that grew very quickly, but that was really only maybe 25% of the hours that I did. And so a lot of it has been, you know, just sucking it up and saying, Hey guys, if you want me to stay open, I need to know your family. I need to know your friends. I promise that I'll treat them really well. Um, and so I had a lot of it was based on referrals. And then once you start getting reviews and those reviews are certainly looking really great, I have a lot of people who've never even heard from me. And so it's really the Yelp reviews that drive people to me because I mean, that's, that is the advertising nowadays. Yeah, and that's how I suppose you can cut down on your marketing budget is because it is your online reputation. If someone is looking for the closest salon to them, they're just going to go straight to Google now and see what pops up in reviews. Yeah, it's crazy how much that's changed. To go back to that one thing that you said earlier, like there was actually there was two. There was the pros and cons of having that year fully booked. Uh, and I'm assuming that includes turning away new clients. But there is also ways to do that if you're actually starting off from scratch. And that is something I definitely want to hear more about. Like looking back at yourself when you started that salon, putting flyers everywhere, how would you now do it and book yourself a year out in advance if you were to do that all over again? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is when you have uh, when you've kind of done it, you sit back and you you know who your favorite clients are. You know who when you see them on your book, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get in. And you know, I think that if I had known at the very beginning of my career to really figure out what my ideal client was. And then for me, when I built when I kind of built my business and I kind of built my stable, if you will, of of clients. I always saw it as like making the best cocktail party because I had this dream of being able to throw a cocktail party for for a charity and have all of my clients come. And I just in my heart believed that they would all get along. And I tested that theory a year ago and, and they did. They all got along. It was awesome. So we had this giant cocktail party of everybody getting along. But when you realize and you start building your business and you're based on that everybody's kind of going to get along, you realize that when you get one of those people in, you're like, oh my gosh, she would get along with this and this and this. And then she gets along with me. When you get one of those clients that are your dream client, lock them down, book them out the whole time. Because you, when you're first starting, you really do, you take everybody. And then there's people that you love and people that you don't love. And the people that you don't love, you know, rebook them, but rebook them one. But the ones that you really are in love with and you're excited to see them again, you're excited to build a relationship, hopefully like a lifelong relationship with, then, you know, get them on your book so you always have them there. And then you just, you know, and then you start becoming in demand because when you start doing that, you look out after a few months of doing it. And then, you know, this day is almost completely booked or that day is, I mean, it's, it's so thrilling to look 
a year, more than a year in advance and see that I know what I'm going to be doing. I know what I'm going to be making. I know what I'm going to be seeing. I mean, it's huge. And you start making the big changes and big decisions so much easier because you know where you're going to be. Yeah, you have that financial, I suppose, clarity of mind or peace of mind that you know this is going to come in at this time and you know that you can plan for this other thing. And actually, speaking of which, is that how kind of your other business venture came into play? It, yeah, it did. So Petal and Herb is my online uh, is my online retail store that I have connected in with my business. And then I also have um, all of my retail. I do give 10% to charity mm-hmm. every quarter. We pick a different one all the time. But Petal and Herb came in because I'm a one woman show. I don't have a front desk. I don't have it. Like literally it's just me. And it had become very stressful for people to get more of their products because if they came in, I was probably with a client. And so I did it originally as, you know, shipping every Wednesday and then there was more and more demand on it. And then we built the website. So now we have that piece of it. And now that is being turned into an affiliate program for other people who other professionals that are kind of in my scenario that don't feel comfortable having all that money sitting on their shelves. So if they need to give a product to their client, their client, they can actually do that through my site. And then they actually will get a portion of the proceeds for it. So it's kind of a neat, neat new venture. It's, it's, it's fun to see and it's fun to watch other people's businesses grow. Yeah. And it's great for them to not have overstock sitting there. That's just collecting dust. It's basically pay as you go. Yeah. It's really scary when you have, um, when you have all that money sitting there and ours is, it's nice for us because ours turns so fast. So it's really fresh. So you mentioned something there that you're actually um, a one woman show and we're talking about how you managed to fill your books. You're not you're not a huge salon, are you? You're still like how, how many of you are in the salon for you to keep your books full up? OK, so there's myself and I'm full time. And then I have a gal who um, she works about 10 hours a week and she works the times that I'm not in the salon. Um, I will say I do have a V.A. And um, I'm really, really thrilled to have somebody do that. And so when I have my new paperwork come in and things like that, she digitizes it all for me and just saves my butt. But and then my husband and then my husband is really good at making sure my SEO and, and those things are are done. I do write my own website now, but he um, he tweaks it so it actually works. <laughs> that's amazing because anyone listening to this early in the show would have just like I know I would have assumed that you're a salon of about 20 staff and you've built it up from one up to a load and now you've got your online store and it makes it sound like this huge business but it is at the end of the day all down to you essentially yeah it is all me and I just had to make the decision that I wanted to be kind of a small giant um I we, you know, when you, they always talk about, you know, you get to a certain spot that you need to start hiring people. So you get away from the chair. And I was really at that point, I was at the point of getting real estate and doing a build out and doing all of those things. And it really dawned on me that what makes me wake up in the morning is that, you know, I'm my clients, I know who they are. I know who their husbands are. I know who their kids are, I know what's going on in their lives and not, the thought of not being able to have that one-on-one time and without any distractions just killed me because I have 
I have such a different view of the world than most people because I get to see other people um, kind of at their most vulnerable because their their makeup is gone, their clothing is in a basket on the other side of the room. But you know, there's no cell phones, there's no buzzing, there's no whizzing. I mean, we have these incredible conversations. It's almost it's almost like life coaching for me and for them and such a special look at the universe. Coming from the Hollywood industry, moving into this business venture and kind of giving yourself time back from managing that whole book, I suppose. Does that help on the personal side of your life? It's been absolutely amazing. And it scared me at first because at first um, the phone stopped ringing because no one was calling me at all hours. I got to get in. I got to get in because they were already in. So that gave me a ton of time back. I also realized that all the time that I was spending on Instagram and social media with really no traction wasn't really helping me because I was already where I needed to be. So it gave me tons of like kind of out of the lime like hours that I was just in my small office toiling away. It gave me so much of that back. And so now my husband and I, we are we're starting a little micro farm together and it's been so wonderful for us, but it's also allowed me even from a business side to do really what I, what I wanted is because these people are all so important to me. Now, now I have time to write birthday cards. I have time to, you know, call people or text people like congratulations on your anniversary and, and baby announcements and all those things that make us human. I'm able to do that because I'm no longer on this treadmill that's set to 10 and I can only really run at a two. Spending your life catching up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so by booking clients a, essentially a year in advance and controlling your appointment book, do you still work the standard like nine? To, well, it's not standard for the salon life, but we'll say the kind of the nine to five or do you pick and choose your days and hours now? I pick and choose my days and hours, but when I'm setting them up, I actually, I go through and my top, uh, what I consider like my 25 people that I can't live without. So I call them first when I'm booking and I book all of them out and I let them set. I already know when my vacations are, but I let them set what my early days and my late days are by their appointments. And from that, I back it up and make sure that I'm only doing how many set hours that I want to have because I have um, part of this came about because of some health issues that I was having and that I just couldn't do the big, long, epic day anymore. And um, so it's been really nice is that I still work a 10 hour day, but now I now I get a lunch, which is really rare in my industry. So and it's a little bit more human. But I do allow those people that I wake up for in the morning to to decide what days I work and what days I have off. You mentioned that these are like your ideal clients, your dream clients, they're the clients that you love. What are your no-shows and cancellation rates like? Do you still do they still affect you then? Uh, no-shows are really, I think I I probably have maybe three or four a year. Why? Um, so I, so I don't have a lot of no shows. Cancellations do happen. Um, but normally it's something epic. Like yesterday I had a a cancellation because, um, she was, she was a car accident. She was okay. But, you know, so, so we had that, (laughs) but so it was horrible, but, um, but most of the time, if I do get a cancellation, they all know how in demand I am. And so they, I always ask them to let me know at least 24 hours in advance. And then I just shoot out an email telling people that I have this opening. And then 
uh, because I use online booking, it takes maybe two minutes before it gets booked. And then I, then the hardest thing is this, what I've now put over to my VA is that as all the emails that flood in going, is your system working right? Is it already gone? I'm like, yeah, it's already gone. But, um, but, it, but it's, it's really fun. And so now also when I do, when I do send those out, I do send them out and the bottom of it, I put kind of in a postscript because um, we're very, our skin is really uh, changed by the weather that we have here. I'll put on there that we're about to have a cold snap. Make sure that you put your ceramides on before you go to sleep or turn on a humidifier or, you know, remember your sunscreen. So I always put a little bit of uh, value in those emails. So when they get them, they're not just annoying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's always great to share that sort of. So it's not just the same standard email coming in every time. It's something new to look yeah. forward to. Yeah, it's almost like whack-a-mole when they um, when I send out those emails. Like people just jump on them so fast. So suppose what's next for you? Like you know, up to January twenty twenty, you said earlier. What are the next steps? Is it a new business venture? Are you like working towards this other completely different project? I know you were mentioning the the, the farm as well with your husband. What's coming? Um, well, I am in the process of building a new website. Um, it's called The Beauty Educator. And um, currently, it's just a landing page off my own website because I didn't couldn't get it together as fast as I had hoped to for this podcast. So, um, so what we're doing is I've just decided that I have such abundance and everything. It's been so wonderful for me. And it's been because I reached out and got some help. And so now the with the Beauty Educator, I'm hoping to be able to bring short, little tiny pieces of information that you could do that are an hour, you know, hour and a half, 30 minutes that you can do to very quickly change your business. Because I have, you know, I look forward to working every day and, and I finally unraveled the rat's nest that was in this prior to making all these switches and they're easy to do. Um, just sometimes we need a little help and a little push and a little research done. And so I'm hoping to be able to put that up for people to be able to enjoy what they're doing as much as I do. So what's, what's best then, I suppose, for someone looking into changing something in their business, like dramatically, is it getting help? Is it, you know, trying to move from, well, essentially doing your jump from booking month on month or three months in advance to booking a year in advance like what's what are the next steps for people what can they start with is it simply just mentoring and getting help I think mentoring and getting help is always important because every once in a while you end up with something where you're just stuck and somebody who's good at mentoring is going to be able to ask the right questions so you unstick yourself rather than give you exactly the right way to do it. And um, so that, I think that's very, very helpful. But most of it, you just kind of have to put your big girl panties on and just take the leap. Um, you know, once you jump out of that plane, you know, you never really know for sure if you've got a backpack on or if you have a parachute hopefully you have a parachute. But if you're already in this industry, you've already known that if you fall flat on your face, you can get up and pick back up. And and this is one of those things is that you can do it if you work for somebody else. You can do it if you work for yourself. It's just taking charge of your own business. I have to say, uh, we, we have just on this podcast, we have a uh, video footage here so we can all see each other. You look incredibly relaxed. 
you you just look so relaxed and at ease. <laughs> so it's like considering your appointment book is full out for what till January 2020, you were saying, and we could even slot a bit of time in ourselves. Um, like, obviously, this is working for you. So give it a shot. People give it a try. Best thing I ever did. It really is. I mean, in the worst case scenario, you just go back and book the way you used to. Well, listen, Kat, thanks a million for joining us on the show today and some really good advice there. We hope our audience or our listeners can benefit from this and take action. Find the help, put your, big, put your big girl panties on and just jump into it. Thanks a million for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And good luck to you guys. I love the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thank you. So that was Kat Phillips from Graph and Skin and Beauty in Illinois. And now to move over to more forest-related matters. So... We have a big new feature announcement here, Zoe, and this one is the brand new email editor that we have in Forest. Really excited about that one. Like it looks fantastic with all the images that integration and stuff with Unsplash. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a massive step forward. So basically, what is so different about it? Um, it comes pre-packed with a writing mentor. So if anyone's heard of Pro Writing Aid, it's a tool that includes like spell checking, dyslexic specific grammar checking, and can even provide some professional writing tips. So like if I highlight a word, it can give me alternative words, just like a thesaurus. Um, loads of writing professionals out there use it. And now we have that feature free in the forest email editor so that's a big plus straight off the bat so then the second one we have is unsplash so what is unsplash it's basically a collection of royalty free images to use so in the forest email editor you can actually search over 500,000 images that we can use all from unsplash and you don't need to give any credit to them so that's going to be a big impact for your emails and you can always send yourself test emails and download those graphics too what else have we got then? We have a forest image editing tool embedded in the forest email editor. Now this one's actually pretty cool because this came off the back of things of like Canvas for anyone that's familiar with that out there. You have a basic photo editor where you can just change like the focus settings, add filters, frames, add text. But we have then an advanced editor too. So when you click into that, you can do so much more. So you can basically, it's... It's like a really baby version of Photoshop. It's it's just brilliant. It's really easy to use. And it just makes those emails look so much more powerful. And then we have other simple things like the book and links. You can now customize those call to actions a bit better. On top of that, we have even deeper analytics. So you can track your opens, your clicks. You can see if an email was delivered to a client or if it failed. So if it failed, you'd know then, all right, that email address is wrong and I need to get that checked. But most importantly, and this is really cool, you can now see how much revenue your, your email campaign has generated. And when you break it down by your audience list, so you see that this email was sent to Mary, she opened it, clicked it, met a booking, and I can hover over it and I can see what that booking was and how much that's generated. So that's going to be a very big one for breaking down your analytics. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be it's going to be a game changer. Like I don't say this often, but this is definitely something incredibly powerful is the word, I think. Yeah. 
other than that, keep tagging us on social media. We really like to see what you're up to. So we want to see more of that. We want to interact more with you guys. Uh, you might have noticed if you're in the salon, the 30 Days to Grow Salon Facebook group, the group name has changed. Uh, so you can check that out there. It's really it's it's called Let's Grow, uh, the salon owner's tool to, to growing their business. And um, otherwise, I mean, that's it for us today. If you know someone with an interesting story for this podcast, do slide into Forest DMs. And as you know, we're always keen on feeding off your ideas so if you have any feedback feel free to leave us a review on itunes or on stitcher we're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show otherwise have a wonderful week guys we'll catch you next monday all the best